So, you've just finished A Court of Thorn and Roses, and you're craving another fantasy world to devour. Dipsy's got your back. Dive into spicy enemies to lovers' tales, or embark on an epic romance between immortal fae and sworn foes. They've got fantasy romance stories perfect for your morning walk, late night, or long bath. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, spicy audio stories. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. Discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups. I gotta tell you that the immersive soundscapes are really what makes a good sexy story different from a not good sexy story because it just like adds like it's hard sometimes in like reading a novel to like get the actual feel of what's going on but when it's like oh we're like at the coffee shop and this is like actually happening it's like very different (laughs) and there's a growing library of fantasy series with werewolves greek gods and goddesses regency era historical fiction for you sam and fairy smut to explore the bounds of your pleasure new content is released every week so in between listening to your favorite stories again and again you can always find something new to explore dipsy offers a modern approach to romance through high quality and captivating audio fiction for listeners of the show dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash just break up that's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipsystories.com slash just break up dipsystories.com slash just break up hey it's ryan reynolds and i'm here with keith co-star of my upcoming film if only in theaters may 17th do you want to tell people the big news all right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast all about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. This week, we're going to tackle topics like the patriarchy, dealing with in-laws, building trust in ourselves and others, and how to be alone. Oh, God, I'm already triggered <laughs> just from the description of our episode. Uh, but first of all, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that we don't know what we're talking about. We know nothing. We are making it up. We Although are- my friend Zeb today not today, yesterday, was like, you do know what you're talking about. Being in failed relationships just makes you a smarter, healthier person. Oh, and I damn, was like, Seb. Okay, wow. <laughs> yeah, we're so, you're just to like lower the expectation that the <laughs> yeah, building right. that at the beginning of the episode not like build us up. Uh, anyway, we're just two foolish ex-English majors here trying to offer our simple musings um, and hopefully some laughs uh, to help you out on the very confusing uh, thing that is love. So... Great. Welcome to episode 11. I'm so glad to be here. I know. Guess what? What? You know this because you're literally <laughs> in the room with me, but we have a very special guest. We do. Yes. We have my good friend, Olivia Gatwood, here in the studio with us. Hi, Yay. Olivia. Hello. Hi. Hi. Thank you for having me. Of yeah. course. Thanks for being here. We have been daydreaming. I think we set this up like two months ago. Like yeah. As soon as we started the podcast, we were like, who do we want for guests? And I yeah. was like, dang, Olivia Gatwood's coming through Minneapolis and... 
um, I know that she can talk some shit about some men. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's and our criteria. Do, um, I want you to. I want to. I want you to say a little bit about yourself for the people who don't know you at home. But I also uh, like your poetry career. But I also want to talk about um, like the advocacy and sex ed work that you do, which I think is really great and informs so much of what Sam and I talk about. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, I well, I my mom was a sex educator growing up. Yeah. <laughs> so I just feel like I grew up hearing about it all the time. She taught my sex ed class when I was a freshman in high school. How was um, that? It was horrible. That's traumatizing to Sam because yeah. like his family didn't and still doesn't talk about sex. Mm. Like uh his sister in our first episode we talk about her first time and she's like, I had to turn the ep- I had to turn the <laughs> Oh wow. Off. Wow. Well, yes, so not raised in a family that talks actively right. about sex. I mean they gave me the birds and bees conversation, but beyond sure. that, yeah. not much. Yeah, my mom is really logical about it, though, which isn't always, like, great, because sex is yeah. emotional, too, and she's, like, very <laughs> she's science-based. Like... <laughs> she, When she taught my sex ed class, she put a condom over her head <gasps> to prove that you can never be too big to use a condom. And I appreciate that, but as a 15-year-old, <laughs> a freshman in high school, I was, like, in the back of the room, like, oh, my God. Um, but so she was always, like— had a lot of information. She had a lot of science-based research to give me, but rarely would sort of ask how I was feeling. Mm, yeah. And so as I got older and I had an interest in teaching sex ed or or learning about how to teach sex ed, I was really, really intent on on providing the education that my mom maybe didn't mm-hmm. or adding to hers. Mm-hmm. So I was a sex and relationships writer when I was in college, throughout college, and I learned a lot through doing that and also knew nothing. Don't know why they hired me <laughs> yeah, to do yeah. that. Yeah, Surgeon General is one of them. That's what we say. We, we know it, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was just like Googling things all the time um, and then writing articles about them, but also using my own life. Yeah. Um, and then when I started doing poetry, well, I had already been doing poetry, but when I set off to do it full time, I was touring in a duet at the time and we realized that like colleges are seriously lacking in the Title IX department Mm -hmm. in teaching about consent and sexual harassment. And when they do, it's like with a pamphlet or a PowerPoint. Um, It's just like really dry. It's not effective. It's not thorough. So we used poetry to do it because it's engaging and exciting and people want to listen to it. And that's cool. So we used our poems to teach people about consent and rape culture. um, And I did that for a long time. Yeah, and your career has like totally blossomed, and you're totally a trailblazer in the poetry community right now. Um, uh, your book um, is huge right now, and and you're on what like a nationwide tour. Yeah, how many shows are you doing in the next couple months? We just finished ten in ten days, and we have sixteen left. Wow! Woo! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. In wow. like thir- in like twenty days, right? Um, Something yeah, insane. we have. We have in 29 days, we have 16 shows. So we have a lot more off days. This yeah. Time. Well, that's yeah. Good. Yeah. 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 Um, all right. Let's get into this. We got some great questions to um, tackle. But first for our check-in, we want to read a short letter that we got from um, a submitter who... Submitter? Is that a word? <laughs> it's a weird word? Is I don't it? know that I love it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, 
So uh, we're going to use this in our check-in because I just think it's great. Um, so this is Olivia Anonymous writing from Pencil- uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, who says, Hi, uh, I listened to episode one and you guys said that you don't know anyone who actually enjoyed their first time having sex. And I knew you were probably kidding about writing you. We weren't at all. <laughs> no, we weren't. <laughs> um, but she, she writes, My first time having sex was the best and it's all been downhill from there. Sorry oh. if you answered this in other episodes, but I just have a general question. How do you guys recommend meeting new people? I have dating apps and go on dates and meet friends, friends, but I just haven't found the right connection yet. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, how do you? Well, first of all, I'm <laughs> I'm sorry for your sex. <laughs> I'm sorry that it's gone downhill from there. Yeah, that's disappointing. Yeah, um, but how do we? How do you meet people? I feel like you've listed off a lot of the main ones, like dating yeah. apps, uh, meet friends. Friends. That's yeah. that's a big thing for me. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. putting yourself into new situations where there where the pool of people is different. Yep. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but I mean that's also hard too. To, I know. To find a way into like a new friend group to meet new yeah. people. But yeah. there are. I mean, apps are awful, but can be effective. Listen, I want Bumble <laughs> to sponsor us. So oh, if sorry. you can Ooh, yes. take away that language. Well, Bumble's cool. Okay, I think so, right? I've never used it. I haven't either. And we were actually talking about it earlier um, about it's it's so that the the woman has to message first, yeah. but that yeah. what where, what is what happens in queer relationships or is it only a heterosexual app? Which is okay, actually, because I, I think the empowerment of straight women is important. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just was wondering about it. But I do want Bumble to sponsor us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dating apps you think are garbage, but but they do work. I mean, I I knew Peter before we saw each other on uh, OK Cupid, but like that's how we started to okay. first date. Yeah, my friend was like, "Why are you disappointed with all your OK Cupid dates? It's not called Great Cupid for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> it's just okay. Yeah, oh, that's legit. Yeah, yeah." yeah. I don't know. Olivia, what do you think? I don't. I have always dated people that I already sort of knew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Um, which is like for better or for worse. I always shit where I eat. It's like really <laughs> terrible. I like just can't go back to whole cities, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. I know. But, touring, but, touring life. Uh, yeah, no. But um, I don't know. I guess I don't. I've never really like I haven't gone on many dates. Like, I feel like I just get fingered and then I'm in a relationship. <laughs> You know, that's like truly my process. I told you she was on brand it's for this how podcast. I do things, and I'm trying to change that. And yeah. I'm also not looking for a relationship in any way. Would or you even go a date. on Tinder? I've been on Tinder, and I've been on two Tinder dates. One was in Minneapolis, actually. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, it was weird. And mm-hmm. yeah, they're weird. They're like little social experiments. Yep. Yeah, I d- I didn't really. One was with someone that I strangely had gone to middle school with when I lived out of the country, mm. we, which was random and weird. Yeah. We went to the bizarre. same middle school in another country. So I was like, we're soulmates. Right. We Abby. weren't. No. It was okay. so awful. <laughs> he spent the whole time talking about, um, like, men's rights activism and, okay. wow. like, how many, and then wouldn't stop talking about how many internet routers there were in his house to, like, support his, inter- <laughs> like, video game habit. I don't know. I, it was terrible. My vagina literally just shriveled just into a raisin. <laughs> yeah. So I don't meet people. <laughs> okay. I refuse. Um, I also think Olivia, not Olivia Gatwood, Olivia Anonymous, um, you you're 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 doing the right things. You're yep. doing the dating apps. You're going on dates. You're meeting your friends' friends. 
some things just take time. But also the one thing I might add to that is, which I have to hold myself accountable to, mm-hmm. is opening yourself up to strangers in public spaces. I'm, Ooh, yeah. I have such trust issues and I just don't like strangers. And so like somebody's nice and could be nice and flirting with me and I find them attractive, but I instantly am like bristled to to them because Mm -hmm. they're a stranger and my mind just thinks like stranger danger. Yeah. Yeah. This person's going to be terrible. Yeah. Um, And so I think I could work on that along with you, Olivia Anonymous, that I maybe just see what's around you in in public spaces to open yourself to that. Is that Mm -hmm. a weird thing to say? No. No, I think that's real. I feel like I look back at moments like when I was in college and I was always surrounded by people I didn't know. I regret not taking advantage yeah. of those yeah. spaces because yeah. now real. I'm an adult and I'm never in like, yeah, it's rare that I'm not around like my circle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I and I wish in times when I had to be in those scenarios that I had like taken advantage of. That. Yeah, that's yeah. real. That's, no, that's totally a really real. good point. Anything else? I mean, I think you're really doing it. Yeah. I think you're. Olivia Anonymous, I think you're putting yourself out there and something's the right connection, which which you wrote, the right connection takes time. Yeah. Absolutely. And it takes time to find 37 wrong connections before the right <laughs> connection, you know? Um, but we love you and we believe in you. And hopefully that provides you some insight into how to meet people. Sam, do you want to get into the first letter? Yes. Is everyone, I love this letter. everyone ready? I'll take that as a yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Waiting for consent. This is from M. Kelly. Uh, they are writing from The Void. They write, I have had or I have some complicated fears about sex, and I'm worried about the impact of these fears on my relationships. In high school, I had two almost relationships with boys I had emotional connections to, one of which had some moments of near sexual physical connection. But I couldn't really let myself pursue either relationship because I was so afraid of sex and physical intimacy. I struggle to see sex as anything but a way to assert power, and it's not the kind of sexual life I want to have. I've seen my best friends, also willing to love people, get deeply hurt in their sexual experiences, Mm. and this has made me fearful and cautious of most men. I'm confused that, as women, we are taught both to fear men and to love and tend to them. Mm. I don't know how to do both. I don't want to be objectified or used, and I am so afraid of these negatives that I'm holding myself back from physical intimacy with anyone. I feel isolated by these fears, and I have a hard time knowing how to move forward with such a large part of my personal life so stunted. I thought this would ease with time, that I'd somehow feel ready, but I think it's gotten worse. Now I'm nearly finished with college, and I can't even accept dates with people because I'm afraid they'll expect me to have sex with them. Mm. Any advice on how to explore this and work on confronting and unpacking this fear without being reckless or losing my sense of self? Wow, what a great letter. Yeah. Thank you so much for writing us, M. Kelly. I relate to a lot of this letter. I, too, have felt a certain level of distrust, and my relationship to sex and intimacy has definitely been colored by um, traumas or um, indoctrinated um, beliefs in, in me, you know, mm-hmm. like the how I have walked through the world, my experience as a woman has not led me to instantly trust men. Oh, for sure. Like yeah. it's, in fact, it's made me instantly <laughs> distrust them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, for yeah. good reason too. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. You have any thoughts? No, I think, I think what this person is feeling is like, is not just very normal, but probably really smart. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I don't think that it's paranoid or irrational to fear men. 
when like men are maybe the greatest threat to women mm-hmm. um, than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I I don't. I guess I don't fully know how to how to confront it. I I think it, I'm hesitant to say like open your mind because right. I don't think that that right. That's not the issue. That's right? not mm-hmm. the issue. Yeah. Um. I mean, I think there there could be like a conversation here about queer, like queerness mm-hmm. and and if that can like if that plays a role at all in this mm-hmm. person's feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, but if not, you know, if a, if someone knows that they're straight, knows that they want to be with men but are afraid of men, I think it's important to not make room for people that don't uh, understand that fear. Yes, mm-hmm. that yep. your so partner right. instantly maybe that's the f- and that's a steep wall to climb but maybe that's the first wall that's up is that if you can't be close to me unless you understand the validity of my fear yeah Absolutely. and that's yeah. a deal breaker yeah. right and i just want to say to to my fellow men out there we need to be better <laughs> uh and that we the the way that women feel around us we need to be aware of that and we need to be intentionally um fighting back against the way that society has placed us in relationships in power. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's a perfectly normal and uh, reasonable thing for you to want that from your partner before you agree to be physically intimate totally. with them. Totally. Absolutely. Because physical intimacy, I mean, yes, sex is about power. It's about asserting dominance over people. Mm-hmm. I also want to say that sex is about pleasure and sex is about relationship and sex is about intimacy. Energy and exchange. It can be all of those mm-hmm. good things as well. And so my, you know, want to totally say that your fears are legitimate and valid, but also let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? There right. there are ways to have sex that are healthy and positive. Um, and that's just something that, that people have to learn to do and, and, yeah. and, and demand from their partners. Yeah. I think I want to add to what you were saying, Olivia, where you said it's, it's not, you were like, I don't want to say open your mind, but it is part of that, right? Because yeah. everything in sex and relationships, but but particularly sex, because sex is so coded and your mm-hmm. your body has muscle memory and our society has taught us for great reason to fear men and to fear sex yep. um, because we are constantly objectified, commodified, murdered. Um, but sex is nuanced. Sex is a, a play of power, a play of, of energy. And um, so M. Kelly, I think what we're saying is first... Um, take some pressure off yourself. You're okay. Your feelings are valid. Your fear is even valid. However, we know and we believe that you have the potential to have great, healthy sexual relationships with a partner who loves you and respects you. Absolutely. Um, so we want to validate what you're feeling right now, but also say there is like, you know, there's a way out of the woods right. and hopefully we can give you some, um, if not pointers, just like courage to, to walk through it a little bit. Right. Um, also, I want to add to what Olivia was saying. Um, maybe your aversion to men has another implication. And we're, we're not trying to um, ident- uh, create an identity for you or push you one way or another. But for me personally, I'll say that it took me a long time to realize that just because I could have sex with men didn't mean I wanted to. Mm-hmm. And, Absolutely. Uh, right. Yeah. And I actually, you know, physically prefer I'm I am a tried and tested bisexual and I'm 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 proud of knowing that about myself, knowing mm-hmm. that my sexuality isn't even on the binary of bisexuality. However, um I needed to give myself permission to not like 
the majority of sex that I've had with men. And so if you're having this aversion, may, maybe I would just say you have the permission to want anything you want, mm -hmm. uh, M. Kelly. You have, you have the permission to desire or not desire anything you want. Yeah. And with that, I think like, you know, I think that it's healthy to look at, I'm also a very scared person. Mm -hmm. um, I've always been, and I, I'm, I have like a million phobias, all of which boil down to being afraid that I'll be killed by a man. Mm. I don't go in parking garages. I don't run on running trails. Like I don't fill up my gas tank at night. I'm just scared of it. I read an article about somewhere and then I don't go to that place. Yeah. And I don't think that that's necessarily healthy. But what I will say is that like, it's going to take me a lot longer to work through that. And so I have to respect the fact that that's how I feel right now mm. and not rush myself out of it. And mm -hmm. instead, like, in a way, it's like if you have a certain religion and that religion means something to you, when you get into a relationship, you say to that person, this is my religion. Do you right. respect that religion? Like, right. is this yep. something you can live inside of? Yep. And I think you have to treat your fear like that. Like, right. it's not... It's, it's not, not going to go away it's if not you isolate it. Right. Yep, and absolutely. so maybe it's just a matter of being like, this is a part of me. Do you understand it? And being really aware of the ways that people voice that they don't understand it. Right. Mm -hmm. um, yep. People being like, well, have you, you know, um, and and I think like having that as really kind of your your line. Yeah. Yep. I also want to stress, and I think Sam and I try to say this as much as we can, um, resources and therapy yep. um, it's really hard to unpack the systemic institutionalized oppression of our dna you yeah, know right. like of our body we live in a white supremacist patriarchy and a capitalism it's really hard without outside resources to unpack all of that alone it, yeah. it goes against the grain of everything we were taught when we went as growing up every day every day mm -hmm. yep. um and so i i m kelly i i want us to say also and share something personal um I'm not going to get into it fully right now because I want to have a whole other episode about this. But sure. um, M. Kelly, if you sh if you look up sexual aversion mm. and you look at the um, the symptoms of that, it's basically um, your body has a heightened the highest level of anxiety it can experience, and therefore you become aversion is an anxiety attack in inside your body, just fighting everything, trying to help you survive right yep. basically and that's something that i've experienced in my life and i found it really comforting m kelly to read about my symptoms online i found yeah. solace and comfort and i didn't feel so fucking broken right. when i saw myself yeah. listed on like a WebMD page right you know <laughs> it was comforting yeah um and so i want to say that that is something that i'm personally working on right now for myself and i found that really empowering and Therapy is going to be one of the steps that I take to help myself from that. So I want to encourage you to do that. That's great. And I think also Sam and I wanted to actually advocate for the men that might be on the other side of the woods yeah. of this thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, not all men, you know. <laughs> You're fired. You're fired. I'm going to set you on fire. <laughs> um, you know, which is definitely uh, a thing that that douchebags say. But in this case, there are good men out there. There right. are men who are going to respect your boundaries, who are going to listen to you and are going to say, yes, I'm in this with you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so, so there is a possibility for space to make space for those, those people. Um, if you don't feel comfortable with that, or if you don't want to do that, that is also totally fine. Yeah. But I, but I want to say to you, 
being in a relationship with a wonderful, wonderful man who loves me and supports me and respects my boundaries, they do exist out there yeah. and that you can find them. Um, but know yourself, know your boundaries, know what you need out of the relationship and and continue to advocate for yourself yeah. as you go through the, that. Yeah. And I wanted to say too, my, my defense of, my rare defense of men, <laughs> in addition I know, to- I know, I feel like- I know, like you feel uncomfortable. Sam's sweating right now, guys. <laughs> um, it's that- um, am, uh, I have been around the sexual block <laughs> and I say that just to say, um, I have met and loved men and slept with men who have their own sexual trauma or sexual, their intimacy issues because of the fucked up expectations mm -hmm. that patriarchy, the porn industry, like put on men. And they're, you know, a lot of that of toxic masculinity is just a wall into between them and actual intimacy and vulnerability. Right. And and I know many men that I love that struggle with that. Mm. Um, and we say this not to be like, oh, not all men, <laughs> but to, 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 to give you hope and remind you what you're holding out for um, and what you're working for, what you're doing this head and heart work for is a whole loving consensual relationship at the end of the day yep, with absolutely. somebody who doesn't suck. Right. Yeah. And you deserve that. Yeah. We hope that this is helpful. And um, Kelly, um, we believe in you and we believe in the journey that you're starting right now. And like I said, I think a couple of us are on it with you. So Absolutely. we love you. We love you. Y'all, as a self-employed person, as a mom of a toddler, I am always struggling with finding time to manage my finances. At the end of a busy week, the last thing I want to do is spend time budgeting all of my expenses or tracking down customer service teams to cancel old subscriptions I no longer use. But now I use Rocket Money and it does all of that for me. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. With Rocket Money, you have full control over your subscriptions and a clear view of your expenses. You can see all your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, Rocket Money can help cancel it with a few taps. I love how the dashboard shows me this month's spending compared to last month so I can clearly see my spending habits and check myself if needed. Plus, they'll help me create a custom budget and keep my spending on track. Rocket Money will even help try to negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with customer service for you, which I obviously love as a somewhat introverted, conflict-avoidant person. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Rocket Money has over 5 million subscribers and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash just break up. That's rocketmoney.com slash just break up. Rocketmoney.com slash just break up. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets, sweaters, and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. 
Quince has things like premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And the best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. This past month, I treated myself to a pair of new slippers because I'm in that hashtag mom life era of my life um, in which (laughs) um, I am never not in slippers. And these are 100% Australian shearling lined clog slippers. And I love that they're slip on, but they have those durable rubber outsoles. They're super cushy, super comfortable, but I feel like I can run outside to like take the trash out in them while also like staying warm and active in the house. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E.com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. Up next, we have Chris R. from Pennsylvania. Chris R. writes, I love my sister with all my heart. We went through some tough times in our childhood that made us grow very close through high school and college. In college, she met her now husband, and it seemed like a perfect match. After college, her then-boyfriend ended up moving in with our family for a few years with a close-by job while they both got their new adult feel. Feet. Not feel. (laughs) I can't read. However, that time was awful. Living with someone who isn't family and you didn't choose to live with can be a struggle. Mm. This was a nightmare. He ignored everyone in the family, went straight upstairs to their room after work, and didn't even come downstairs for dinner, but had my sister bring him his meals in bed. Okay. I know. (laughs) Just hold on. We're halfway through. At the time, I resented him for seemingly using my family's home and my sister. After getting married, they both moved out and began their own lives together. My sister and I still remained close, but not as close as before. In the past year, they ended up having an adorable baby girl and moving farther away. I understand she is at a different life stage than me, but I miss my sister. However, the main problem here isn't that my sister is at a different life stage. It's her husband. Plainly put, he's just an ass. He ignores us at family gatherings, never returns our calls or texts, and refuses refuses to get out of the car when they come over for dinner. He's basically a man toddler. But here's the thing. I can't say anything about my issues to him with him to my sister because she immediately shuts us out. My question is, she obviously won't be breaking up with him and loves him for whatever reason. But how do I deal with him since if I, quote, break up with him, I'm essentially ending a lifelong relationship with my sister and any future relationship with my niece. What do I do? Yeah. Family is... It's hard to deal with family issues. Yeah, totally. Because you can't, you can't get away with them because yeah. you can't break up with your brother-in-law, unfortunately. No, you can't. So my recommendation here is that he sounds like a petty asshole, first of all. So like, a man <laughs> your, yeah. your anger is completely justified. Right. Um, and if you were writing this letter, I would be like, dude, get your fucking act together. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. Uh, but for you, I think that my advice to you it would be to try and humanize him as much as possible. So like right now he's coming in as a as a villain in your story. He's taking your sister away from you. He's a jackass. He's an asshole. He's abusing your family. Right. So 
But how can you think about him in a way that makes him less of a big, scary monster that comes in all the time and instead just like this like asshole man dude Hmm. to say like, you know, it probably is difficult to to be an outsider in a family. And especially if your wife's brother or sister is like very close and Mm -hmm. doesn't like you like that Mm -hmm. has to be a hard thing to walk into. He's not handling it well. But it, that has to be a hard thing to walk into. And so understanding that and, and making understanding that he's a human with flaws might make you feel a little bit more compassion for him, which might make it easier for you to exist with him. Yeah. Chris, I need you to know that one of our show notes is that it, I just <laughs> Sam just wrote Sam and Sierra fought, <laughs> meaning I think we disagreed a little. I agree with everything Sam said. I just I'm too stubborn and too much of an intense Gemini to be like, oh, this he just sounds like a... He, he just, sounds like a wiener. I hate him. I know. I know. I know. But like your hatred will only get you so far in this situation. Right. And I think you know what the reality is. They're not going to break up. They're not going to... There's nothing you can do to change this situation. Right. So what what can you do internally? Right. What internal work can you do to accept this person? Which right. is essentially what you were saying. <laughs> 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 so did everyone I was right yeah oh, damn it all right I crossed out this note um so there was a uh like a talk show psychiatrist lady for a long time who passed away very recently but her name was Dr. Joy Brown um and she had this thing where she would always say cheerful and stupid mm. so when you're in a situation with someone you can't stand that you can't actually like get away from you just become cheerful and stupid. So you are happy and you are not reading into anything that they're mm. saying. You don't you don't get the subtext. You're just you take everything at face value and you smile and you you just treat them uh with with kindness and uh compassion. And that's funny because I think when we think of like you know making ourselves stupid for people, at least for <laughs> me as a woman, like I think yep. about how I did that with men. Yep. Um but really, in this instance, in the cheerful and stupid instance, it's so that you maintain power of your composure and that you may like you don't let them close to hurt you or whatever. Yeah. Or you get to you don't have to react. You just get to respond. So you you get to say he comes and says something snide to you and you just take what he said at face value and you you smile and you ask him a question about it. Like, oh, what does that mean? Yeah. Olivia, I wonder, you... too, yeah, like in addition to being kind Um, so I do believe that when you hate, like in my case, one of your friend's partners, like I do believe that you have to create a space where your friend will feel comfortable to come to you in the event something does go wrong. Because if you're just like, I hate them, I hate them, I hate them. Your friend feels the need to hide any evidence that you were right. Sam and I have done that to each other. Yeah. I've done it with all my friends. So I always try to be really like open. And, and so I think that that's valuable. And I wonder if like, in addition to being kind to him, which I think is important. Okay, maybe I'm a little bit, um, <laughs> I'm like sort of calculated. That's okay. Oh, that's um, great. So, calculated. We love so it. maybe like being nice to him might illuminate more of the ways he's a dick. Yep. Because if you're being rude to him and then he's being rude to you, yep. your sister's going to be like, well, you're rude to him. It's so like he doesn't feel welcome in this house. For divorce. Yeah. So if you can be like, <laughs> really, <laughs> exactly. Yes. Um, a perfect moment to bring up Lindsay Lohan. Yes. So if you're being really kind to him and he's still being an asshole, then maybe after some time doing that, I wonder if it could be valuable not to pull your sister aside and be like, I hate your 
boy, your husband, but being like, hey, I've been trying really hard to be kind to him. And maybe not even just like, yeah, maybe it's a matter of just being like, I've been trying really hard to be kind to him and I don't think I'm getting that back. And like, I hope you can see that. Right. I hope that you're witnessing that. And even if your sister... I know because when people have come to me about not liking the person I'm dating, I can be defensive, but I will go to bed thinking about it. Right. I will go to bed like maybe they're right. And if you can even plant that seed, I think it could be useful. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think like Olivia said, like the important thing is to create a space around your sister, right? Like focus on your sister, your relationship, making that your priority as opposed to thinking about this dude who's on the periphery because— And how to poison it. Right. Because— Again, if he's being abusive, if something is happening, she's going to need someone to talk to. And and having been in a relationship that was abusive, like the scary thing is, is like telling your friends that everything that they thought about him was, was right. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. And like and that embarrassment of me being like, oh, God, I've been like denying this and denying this and denying this. And the whole time it's been true. Right. Like that's what's scary. So how can you create a space where you are nice enough to him that she can see that you're not poisoning and also create the space for if she needs to tell you something, she knows that you're not just going to be like, he's an asshole. I hate him. And yeah. instead, listen and help and, yeah. and not judge her for the fact that she's in a relationship with the dude who needs to grow the fuck up. And here's yeah. the thing that myself, Sam, Olivia, Chris, we all need to accept. She might love him and he might be good to her. True. Yeah. Yep. That that's that's the truth, right? Yep. That's the yeah. hard truth. It's that they might have a great relationship. He's just bad at interacting with family, yep. or or he's rude, like outside. Maybe their relationship is perfect, and that's why he's staying there. Like I think why this is so hard when when I've disliked my friends' partners mm-hmm. is like that you can't you feel helpless, you can't do anything, and you take it kind of personally. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. um, I one of my close friends years ago dated someone that I could not stand and it felt like a personal affront to our friendship yeah Yeah. you know because it was always affecting our time and our relationship and and I just felt like I didn't know him because how could he love that person and it's like they don't trust your judgment too right when like you're like no can't you like can't can't you you see see that this person is rude it is to stay in the fucking car (laughs) right Yeah. yeah that's so rude right um so i'm not saying he's perfect he's obviously got some serious social hang-ups yep. hang-ups but maybe he has wicked anxiety you know mm-hmm. maybe he has an undiagnosed disorder or yep uh, yeah the shitty thing is chris that that things might never change and you're going to have to settle it within yourself yep. yeah absolutely i hope this helps chris um i know we covered it from a lot of different angles but uh i think we believe that it's 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 a valid concern, but what's important is the integrity of your relationship with your sister. And yep. and last thing, don't make your sister accountable for your, her husband's actions. We yes. often make women accountable for men's inadequacies. Yep. And it's at the no matter how much she loves him, no matter how much she, you know, makes excuses for him, he it's it's his it's actions. His, yeah, yeah, it's his yeah. behavior Absolutely. that's yeah. that's causing the issue. Yeah. So. But we feel for you, Chris, and we hope that your relationship feels healthier every day. Yeah. yeah. Take care of yourself. We love you. We love you. So uh, the next letter is from Jack Duncan, who is writing from Mississippi. Uh, Jack writes, hi, guys. Uh, my name's Jack. I'm a 20-year-old trans guy and a fellow English major. Hashtag squad. Whoop, whoop. Anyway, so I'm not sure if this is really what y'all are looking for. <laughs> y'all, cute. <laughs> <laughs> Jack, 
Jack, we already love you. <laughs> uh, not really sure if this is what y'all are looking for, but I uh, really needed or I really kind of needed some advice. Okay, so I'm a huge outdoorsy person. Hiking, camping, that kind of shit. But unfortunately, I haven't been able to get out and go do stuff like that uh, recently. My best friend, let's just call him Daniel, knows this and has offered to take me on a camping trip with some of the fam. He told me he'd come pick me up, take me there, let me share his tent with him, then bring me back home. I'm super duper really, really hella fucking excited because (laughs) I love him dearly and I haven't been able to camp in forever. Here's where the problem comes in. I was in an abusive relationship for just over a year, about two years ago, and have while I have come a long way, I am still healing and trying to get over some of the fears I've gained from it. Mm-hmm. One of those fears is that if someone is too nice to me, I automatically assume that they're going to want or try to take something from me like my ex did. I don't know why, if it's the sharing the tent thing or just the close contact we'll be in for three straight days, but for some reason, I'm wary that Daniel will try to hurt me. I have no, absolutely no reason to believe this. Daniel is one of the best men I have ever known, and I would gladly gladly give my life for him in an instant. He and I have been through a lot together. I've helped him through shitty relationships and the bullshit that we call life, just like he has done the same for me. Logically, I know that he would never hurt me like that, but for some reason, I have this bit of fear in my heart. Hmm. I honestly can't express how terrible I feel because of this fear. So I guess what I'm trying to ask is, how do I get rid of this dumbass irrational fear? I don't want to hurt Daniel. I just want all of us to have a fantastic time camping and being idiots. Thanks, guys. Love you lots. Jack. Oh, Jack. What a great letter. We love friendship letters. Yeah. <laughs> we love friendship letters. And um, yeah, you just seem like a charmer. Yeah. We, I want to go camping with you. Absolutely. If you feel safe and c- comfortable with me. Yes. <laughs> um, I think the, the biggest thing we want to do is say, one, um, your feelings are valid. It's okay to feel fear. Yeah. Um, but I'll give yourself the opportunity to have a response and not a reaction to your fear. Mm-hmm. So you can sit with your fear. You can say, this is what you're trying to teach me. Guess what? I already know this lesson. Mm-hmm. I already know this lesson. And I'm going to choose to trust Daniel because Daniel has been good to me. Yep. And um, not. I know we talk a lot about hurt here. But not everybody hurts us. Mm-hmm. And it's just true. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I just want to say that the world is not safe for queer people. Mm-hmm. The world is not safe for women. The world is not safe for people of color. So it's having fear for your safety is not irrational. Mm-hmm. It is something that is real. And that honestly, even as a uh, cisgendered white dude, still walk into spaces and don't know that I'm going to be safe. Mm-hmm. So it is completely uh, valid to have this fear about your own physical safety. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is an opportunity here for you to learn about trust by trusting. Yeah. Right. right. That's hard, though. That's, it is hard. Oh, for that's sure. It's hard to op- open yourself up to it. Um, maybe something you could do, Jack, is have a small contingency plan to at least mm-hmm. make your to quiet that that fear's voice, to quiet yep. fear's voice. Like maybe you can drive up there separately mm-hmm. so that if you felt mm-hmm. fa- s- uh, unsafe, you could leave. Yep. Like giving yourself the opportunity to risk with you know, the comfort of knowing, like, I have the power right. and ability to get myself out of this if I feel uncomfortable. Yep. Yeah. For sure. Right. Yeah. And how do you, I mean, I guess I can just pose this to you guys. Like, how do you deal with trust? How does trust show up? Oh, Olivia's eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Olivia's eyes just got two times as Olivia's like, I've like never a green chart, a you know? <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I'm pretty trusting, um, but 
that hasn't always been great for me. But Mm -hmm. I think one way that I deal with feelings of mistrust, uh, I'm a big fan of voicing it to people. Yeah. I'm a big fan. And it take, I think it, the, the cyclical problem is that it takes trust to voice to someone that you don't trust them Mm. um, because it's a vulnerable thing to say. For sure. But I've learned that I'm very reactive. And so when I don't, when I don't trust someone, I react to it or I mm. will react to it unless I can say, hey, I'm having trouble feeling safe or comfortable um, or secure in this. Yep. Can you reassure me? Yeah. And I think like a person's reassurance speaks volumes. And for me, that's always really helped. And it really does like help me move forward Mm. so i don't know if daniel's the kind of person you can say that to Mm -hmm. but i think if this person is your friend especially if this person knows about that relationship you were in Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. even just being like i'm not you know be very aware of what you're asking for right um be very aware of not being accusatory yep but saying like this is a feeling i'm having and i just wanted to put it out there so that you know where i'm at yeah i especially want to I love that. I think that's so important. And I want to especially point out that you would be doing this like man to man. And I want more men to have conversations Mm. about vulnerability, about being I'm afraid of being hurt. You know, Um, I try to normalize that with all my co-ed relationships. Mm -hmm. And I think it would be really beautiful, Jack, if you did that. And it truly sounds like. Daniel is the person to do that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes even just saying the things out loud that we're afraid of yeah. makes them less scary. Yes. And so like, I'm so glad that you wrote to us. I hope that was helpful. But also just saying it to Daniel, even without an expectation of a response, but just saying like, this is sort of freaking me out. Yeah. Here's why. And then it's out there and you don't have to hold yeah. it all inside of you anymore. Yeah. And it seems, I mean, from what you've said of Daniel, I think he's going to be awesome and responsive. And if he's not, then good. Right. We learned, learned something yeah. about and then him. Then he shows you exactly who he is and, yep. and we'll help you more in that relationship if that comes. Absolutely. But I think that, you know, naturally without trauma, we build up walls between us and happiness because mm-hmm. it's a really scary thing to be happy because happiness is vulnerability. Mm-hmm. <laughs> happiness is saying like, I have the potential to drop from this at any moment. Right. 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 Absolutely. But trauma informed fear will trauma is basically like the the mortar. You know, it just like <laughs> solidifies some of the walls yeah. between us and what we think we deserve. Yep. And guess what, Jack? You deserve to have a dope camping weekend with one of your best friends. Yeah, and absolutely. you deserve it to be easy and fun and outdoorsy and covered in mosquito bites. Like you deserve all of that. Um, and and we hope that you uh, that this helps you give it to yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, Jack. We love you. We hope. Your camping trip goes great. Um, one time I was camping and I got really high and I ate so many s'mores and then I got hot even higher. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is the first time talking about drugs on the podcast. Yeah. Are you okay with it? It's great. And I was like, okay, so what did Abe Lincoln, I made up this joke, stoned as fuck. Oh, I'm what so excited. What did Abe Lincoln say around the campfire? It's really dumb. Four s'more and seven years ago. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, you guys can kick me out now if you want. Wow. I'll, I'll go. I'll see myself out. Thank you. Wait, I have a crazy camping story. Yeah, okay. it's not crazy, but my first love. Um, I was fifteen. Yes, and he took me on a camping trip with his family, and they had a like it was like cool camping. Like they had like a trailer, like a mm-hmm. RV glamping. With, like it was like glamping. Um, <laughs> but I was fifteen and got 
a vicious period and I didn't have anything. And I was 15, so I was also not about to ask anyone to help me. totally. And even though his mom was there and his sister was there and I could have said, can you drive me 45 minutes into town? I just couldn't do it. So I spent three days shoving toilet paper (laughs) in my underwear. Um, I bled all over his dad's back seat and just didn't say anything. I like put something over it and then left. Oh, Oh, yeah. So it was horrible. That's what internalized body shame does. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild because I think about it now and I'm like, why didn't you just ask? Yeah, totally. But period shame is like brutal, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. why I try to make you talk about my diva cup all the time, Sam. Which yeah. is fine. I love being in relation or like in conversations with women where they'll look at me as like the only man because I work in nonprofits, so I'm frequently in that situation. <laughs> right. And they look at me and they're like, "Oh, sorry that we're talking about this in front of you," because they're like talking about periods or like childbirth, and I'm like, "I'm also equipped to listen <laughs> yeah, to this yeah, conversation." Yeah. You would yeah. be surprised though <laughs> how many aren't. Yeah, yeah no, about absolutely. It's like it's yeah. fine. Talk about your periods. Yeah. that's great. Yeah. All the listeners out there. If you feel ashamed um, of your period, you have nothing ashamed of. Um, if your partner doesn't want to have sex with you when you're on your period, that's worth having a serious conversation about because mm-hmm. I feel like they have unreasonable expectations about bodies and intimacy mm-hmm. and sex. And For sure. there's a ton of grosser things our bodies do than bleed <laughs> once a month. Yeah, absolutely. Like shit your pants. Yeah. I've talked about that on the podcast before. <laughs> yeah. All right. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Going into our last letter, this is KV, who is writing to us from The Void. Hey, Sam and Sierra. Also, Olivia, she didn't know you were going to be here. Um, I'm going through a rough breakup right now, and listening to your podcast feels like being wrapped in a warm blanket. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, That's really sweet. All right. I'd like to talk about the emotional labor we perform in relationships and how to put that all that energy into yourself when those relationships end. Mm. Dang, is that not like <laughs> the thesis statement of a lifetime? All right. She writes, I'm a 28-year-old cis woman. I identify as queer, but my long-term relationships have all been with men. In my early 20s, I was in a three-year monogamous relationship with a wonderful man, but I ended things because I felt like I had to teach him how to grow up. Mm. I taught him how to be a partner, how to express his feelings, how to get a job, etc. I was tired of all the work I put into helping him grow and didn't feel like I was growing or learning from him. When it ended, I fell straight into another relationship with a new man. There was no time off between. I fell hard the second time and didn't get a chance to take stock or breathe. He had everything the first man didn't. He had his life together. We were together for four years and lived together for a while before I called it off. I didn't feel like we were an equal partnership. I did everything for our shared home and our shared life. I felt like the project manager of our lives, mm. I f- feeling obliged to organize our home, our bills, our plans, all of it. I felt resentful, exhausted, and stifled. I wanted space to be uh, my, with myself alone. I wanted space to take care of myself rather than taking care of a man. And mostly, I wanted to put all my energy into working on myself. Now, I'm feeling the weight of seven cumulative years of partnerships, of monogamy, of love, all crashing down. I crave solitude so much during these relationships, and now that I have it, it's terrifying. Mm. 
what does it mean to be alone? How do I take stock where I'm at so that I can grow? Where What was the point of all that work I put into those failed relationships? And how do I ex- actually work on myself? I know that solitude is important for personal growth, but I don't know where to start. Lots of love, Kay. I think our readers' letters are, like, so poetic sometimes. I think they're so powerfully written. Kay, this letter was really beautiful, and I got, like, full-body chills reading it aloud. Heavily relate. Yeah, heavily. (laughs) I honestly think I got chills because I'm ready for what you guys are going to say. I know know things about both of your lives, and I I just know that this is—this hits home for us, Kay, Mm -hmm. and— um, I want to thank you for writing such a beautiful, um, profound letter. And um, yeah. 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 Um, I mean, I think the first thing that I want to say is that that being in a relationship for a long period of time isn't a, isn't a waste of time or effort. Well, sometimes it feels like it, though. I know. <laughs> I just need to say that. You know where I'm <laughs> this at is a in conversation my heart, and I'm just Sierra, like, oh. yeah, Sierra and I have, like, literally every day. <laughs> it just feels like a waste sometimes, though. I know. Let's, let's unpack that for five seconds. Yeah. Can we talk about waste first? Yep. Okay. Yeah. It does, especially when you're the nurturer, yeah. when you're the caretaker. Absolutely. For sure. It feels like, not a waste, but you're just like... It's like the well that you're digging that I talked about in the past episode. Like they, you dig and you dig and you dig that well and you're looking for water and you're digging because you're promised water and yep. you don't dare get up because yep. that means recognizing that all that work was for nothing. Sure. Mm-hmm. But it's not nothing. I get it. No. I mean, you talk about all the time that, that you learn to love by loving. So like any time <laughs> that you are put. Don't you, spit my words yeah, right. back at me. <laughs> it feels like a really personal conversation that we're having. I'm okay. I can clock out. (laughs) I just relate to the feeling of waste. Absolutely. And I think it's a totally legit feeling to have, but, but know that, that whatever time and effort you put into, into a relationship is, is also sort of reflected back on you. You, you learn from the process. So, you know, now that like you are someone who nurtures too much that you, that you give people too much of yourself and that you want to take time for yourself. And you want to be taken care of. Right. Exactly. Which as a person who is a hyper, like self-sufficient person, that was the hardest thing for me to learn when I was in relationship. Mm. Yeah. Like, so I so learned... it's a learned behavior too, to yep. set those boundaries and to be allowed to be, to allow yourself to be taken care of. For sure. Totally. Yeah. And my time being single and living on my own was the time where I learned those important things about self-sufficiency. And it wasn't until I was in a committed relationship with someone who was fantastic that I was able to say like, Oh, I can be taken care of too. I need help. I yep. deserve it, yep. et cetera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think like, so I relate in that I was have been in a relationship pretty consistently for many years, not with one person. <laughs> that might sound like I've been in a long term. No, I've just been in many relationships that had went pretty back to back. Yeah. Um, and I was really struggling recently with this, with feeling like I had wasted so much time I've always I've struggled been struggling on and off with that feeling and one I I'm not usually a silver lining person. Mm-hmm. I'm not an optimist, but I really had to think of a reason in order to like get through mm-hmm. because you can't keep living in the past. You can't keep regretting your your time. Yep. Um and one thing and I wrote it in a poem, but <laughs> one thing that I told myself was like I think that there's this idea that there's this pre- this idea that like people who are single are like freer and having more fun. And the reality is like being in love is a really beautiful thing. 
-hmm. It's really difficult. And maybe for some of that relationship, you weren't in love. But I feel lucky that I have spent so much of my life in love. Mm, that that's, that's a not a foreign to emotion to me. Yeah. That's not something that I've lacked. I, I haven't felt unloved. I have loved a lot of people and a lot of people have loved me. That's really powerful. Mm, that's and great. That's, I think that's a gift, you know? And like now, now you've got the life experience that many people don't have. Like mm-hmm. I talk to many people that are that are like, when, when's my turn? Mm-hmm. And I feel so lucky to be like, I've already had so many turns. Mm-hmm. Yep. So let me go do something else now. Totally. Mm-hmm. I also, I'm not particularly religious, although I am spiritual, but I do love the phrase, um, God laughs at plans. Um, just the idea of like, we have this idea of what our relationship will be. Mm-hmm. Um, we have our, that we're going to put in X amount of years and it's going to turn into this thing. Um, and it's just not, true it's our um relationships are moving and undulating and evolving and whatever plan you had for it is not real and that's okay that doesn't make any of those days that led up to the day you leaving them less valid yeah absolutely and another thing i think that like i think bell hooks wrote about it and all about love i think but i'm not sure um, we often misquote things. So that, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, you're fine. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's about transparency, really. Yeah. <laughs> Someone said that everything we do is a reaction, just like every single thing we do. When we eat, we're reacting to being hungry. Um, when we and and the same goes for relationships. I, I I believe that everyone we date is a reaction to something else. Maybe it's a mm. reaction to our last period of being single. Maybe it's a reaction to everything we've learned. Maybe in my case, it's often a reaction to the last person I dated. It mm-hmm. sounds like it's in your case too. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that person was you know what wouldn't be didn't tell me they loved me enough. So now I'm going to date somebody who. I love this new person because they tell me they love me, unlike the last person. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't think that's a bad thing. I just think having an awareness of it is really healthy so that you can always look at what you're doing and say, what am I reacting to? Um, And I think that it can be unhealthy with relationships because if you're with someone as a reaction to someone else, I think they're bound to disappoint you. Mm -hmm. Um, And so maybe, I don't know, maybe it's important to remember that this period of being single is a reaction to so many years in relationships yeah. and that's okay. Like yeah. that's a normal progression. Yep. Um, that, that just like simple fact, it's not a matter of changing that it's impossible to change that, but that just being aware of it, I think can help you be comfortable with the way that you're moving and why right. you're doing it. Right. Absolutely. And your inner monologue, Kay, you're, you're saying that you're craving solitude, you're craving time. Like I want you to, I encourage you to listen to that and then when that solitude becomes uncomfortable and new and terrifying, that discomfort is trying to teach you something. That Mm -hmm. discomfort is trying to tell you that you have an opportunity to do things differently Mm -hmm. than you have before. So you lean into that discomfort. You stay home. You don't go on dating apps quite yet mm-hmm. because if you truly, if that's what your soul is craving, like I, sometimes I think my soul is screaming to me when I'm denying it things like, I don't know, water <laughs> yep. yeah. or like vulnerability, you yep. know? Um, and I think that your soul is telling you that you need to take care of yourself for a while, yep. reestablish what it means to have standards for the people that you love, because I don't want you to turn out to be... I don't want you to end up in another relationship in which you are taking care of someone else more than you're taking care of yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. When I think about 
uh, being in relationship and like being single and what I've learned from that, I think about like food. And so like when I was in a relationship previously and my partner wasn't there for dinner, like I, I wouldn't make dinner. Mm. Like I would just eat like cheese and crackers. I do the same thing. I do the same thing. So real, Sam. But then when I was single, I was like, you can't have cheese and crackers every day for dinner. So like you have to value yourself enough to make yourself a meal. Woo! And it was like, it was transformational. I started to love cooking. I started like, I would make, it would like, I would do meal planning. I would like make enough soup. Right. For, and I would take it to work every day that week. Like, and it just became a habit and it became a, like a passion of mine is like, I really love to cook. Um, and now like, I know, like, I need to take care of myself as much as I take care of other people. Yeah. That's so good. And just because my partner's not there doesn't mean that I am not worthy of a good home cooked yes, meal. Yes, yeah. You're teaching me in that. That's no, like that's a, beautiful. I'm like shook by that statement. And to add to that, I was just having a conversation with my friend Melissa. I'm going to name her. Great. Um, <laughs> because she'll love it. Hey, Melissa. Um, <laughs> and we were talking about like when you're a performer, I think it's really similar to what you said about cooking. Mm-hmm. When you're a performer, you often only feel valid when people are watching you. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. I feel that a lot with relationships. Like I don't, it's like, what's the point in like being, doing anything good if the person I love isn't there to tell me that I'm good. Totally. Mm -hmm. And it's something I'm relearning. Yeah. And it's something I desperately don't want to feel. Yeah. I'll often like be with friends and I like don't feel I don't make the funniest joke or I don't like do the the cool thing because yeah. I'm like no one's here that I have a crush on and I think it's really a beautiful idea to be like no you know like this is a chance for you to put in put in time into yourself mm-hmm. into cooking yourself meals into being funny and playful with yourself into that. like making your room look beautiful not because you're about to bring someone over yep um and also, like, with your friendships and with mm-hmm. your other relationships Take in your life. Take stock of what you have around you. Absolutely. We yeah. that a lot. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, I also want to say that when I'm in periods of growth or transition, I'm often, like, hyper aware of what I am and am not learning. You know, I'm like, oh, my God, I need to learn right now. I'm <laughs> Like, this is my time of transition. Like, why am I, like, on a higher level, you know, right now? Yeah where's my fucking third eye or whatever <laughs> yeah um but you're doing great okay you're doing great and you're learning you're putting yourself out there in vulnerable ways you are taking time for yourself um you are recognizing how terrifying it is to change and to be alone mm-hmm. and sometimes um true growth happens just staying in that discomfort you yeah. know just leaning into it and uh not quantifying it in any way, sure. you know, yep. I encourage you to journal. Honestly, I think that like articulation, whether to other people and or just to yourself is a really powerful tool yep. um, for you to understand how you're feeling and maybe what are the triggers that are making you feel that way. Um, but what does it mean to be alone? It It's wh- how you define it. And, yep. and hopefully we've given you some um, directions that you can go in it. But but I think that when people are feeling really self-reflective or in a period of transition, they also feel very um, self-conscious of how much growth they're doing. Absolutely. Or like yep. how, you know, it's it's people like go through a breakup and they go out and buy like 50 new candles and right. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, post a bunch of motiv- <laughs> motivational quotes and stuff. And like, 
you don't need to perform anything for anybody but yourself. Yep. Mm-hmm. So if you want to stay home every night this week and just watch Netflix and not talk to anyone. And eat cheese and crackers. That's totally fine. Yeah. But we're encouraging you to that that we're, we are musing that what being alone really looks like to us has been turning that love inward. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, we really believe in you, though. And, and I, I feel so akin to this letter and to what you're going through. Um, also, men are babies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> People. People are babies and need to be taken care of. Yeah. Um, but That's true. Also, let me do the thing that I try to do, which is humanize those that we baby make into babies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which is to say that it sounds like your partners truly loved UK, but it sounds like they weren't at a point in their lives in which they could love you in a way that you deserved or mm-hmm. whole or full. Yep. It doesn't invalidate just like it doesn't invalidate your time with them and the energy you put into them they did love you and it was good love for a while and that's okay i was just talking to somebody about how i think i learned how to be an adult in my in a long relationship when i was 25 and has i've slowly learned it like lesson by lesson by lesson but i entered that relationship the relationship that i thought i was going to marry that i thought was going to be the end all be all best relationship of my life i entered that relationship knowing so little like Mm -hmm. i needed to learn i needed to learn from him absolutely um so to humanize the babies we date um, absolutely and also one of so one of the things that I have been learning in my relationship is like, are you creating space for for folks to take care of themselves too? Mm-hmm. Because like sometimes I'm I'm like I'm the one that always has to like plan everything and and do all of this, and it's not it's not because Peter's not capable of doing it. It's because I haven't given him the like mm, yeah, the control. Absolutely. Like I haven't given him the vulnerability to say like, can you take this off my plate yeah, for me? Totally. Can you do this? And so again, that has to come from yeah understanding and from learning while you are in relationship um and also like understanding yourself and knowing what your triggers are and knowing like how you're not showing up in a way that you want to so yeah i mean we're just constantly constantly learning about ourselves and the people around us right totally thank you so much for writing Kay. we hope that this gives you some insight onto on this next wonderful bold brave chapter of your life absolutely Um, we believe in you and we love you all right, so that wraps up episode 11. Episode 11. Double oh. digits. Last episode, I said double digit, and you and <laughs> Spencer both made fun of me, so <laughs> fuck you both. Episode 11. Uh, that's great. Yeah, um, um, featuring Olivia Gatwood. Yeah, that's thank you so much for being here. Thank you for being this here. has been really fun. Yeah. Thank you. Always good to get a new perspective. Yeah. No, this has been really cool. I feel like I've grown to know your voice so well. Oh, because I just listened, but I've never met you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? never met, right? No, I don't think so. I don't even know. No, I just you're so familiar in my ear. Oh, well, thank so you. It's cool to hear your voice in real life. <laughs> well, thank you for being part of this. It's, it's yeah. like we say almost every, every week. Like, this is like our favorite thing that we do yeah. every week. So it's been great to have you here. Cool. Yeah, thank you for having me. All right. At the end of each episode, we like to do what we call our blind date, where we set you up with something we want to send you home with. And today we want our special guest, Olivia, to give you the blind date for the week. So, okay, I thought of a different one. Okay. Um, <laughs> she was going to say you up with the murder podcast, but... Yeah, I think a lot of people are going to know it. Yeah, So yeah. I'd like to give something new. Okay. Um, it's the my favorite book that I read this year, and I mention it all the time to people, but it's called The Red Parts by Maggie Nelson. I read it. Did you love it? Yes, and I read it because you tweeted about it. I remember you saying yeah. that. 
Did you, were you obsessed with I it? I loved it. And um, I read it like that super fast. Yeah, it's a really easy read. She's an incredible writer. She's a poet. So her writing is really poetic. But it's a memoir about writing a book of poems about her aunt's murder. Yeah. So oh. she writes about the experience of becoming obsessed with a murder case. Huh. And it really like, it really illuminated so many things I'd been feeling. Mm-hmm. It made me feel a lot less alone in like my obsessions. Um, and it's a memoir. So it's yeah. about her life and it's just really incredible. Yeah. And it's written really beautifully because it's like poetic prose, you yeah. know, and, and then also um, uh, like with pieces of the police reports and yeah. the, mm. the, the trial. And so it's just like a beautifully woven together novel. I think that's a great blind date. Yeah. Great. It's really good. Uh, so you can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Just Break Up Pod. You can slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship memes, but most importantly, you can send us all your questions about matters of the heart at justbreakuppod.com. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and to leave us a five-star rating and review. Yep. We have some people from iTunes that we want to thank. Awesome. You know, everybody knows I'm terrible at saying these <laughs> Fucking usernames. Yeah, they're just but being I'm gonna mean do it. intentionally. Okay, so I want to say thank you to Lizard King forty two. Love that. That's great. Bell the Beauty eight, Mickey K, Chloe Rob twelve, whose whose review is titled "Saving My Relationship," which makes me feel great. Aww, Chloe, that's great. Um, Kate at India Assistant, Lizard Text forty nine. Sure. <laughs> um, and. Nellock85 and another one that's just a bunch of letters, which is A-G-G-L-F-J-C-J-F, who says that our podcast is gorgeous, funny, and perfect. I know. Wow. I love you all so much. Thank you for the reviews. That's awesome. It helps us keep the lights on and it uh, helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random people giving them relationship advice. Original music recording producing by our friend Big Cats. Make sure to check out his podcast, The What If Podcast. And remember, right now, you might be carrying around some grief. You might be carrying around some anxiety. You might know in the pit of your heart that something isn't right, but you're afraid to take that next step. You're afraid to lean into the discomfort, into the void of the unknown of the future. Maybe you know what he said to you is wrong. Maybe you know that you can't continue this relationship with this person but you're afraid of leaving her, of, of, of losing her forever. And maybe you're just afraid to have a hard conversation with someone because the unknown of the other side is too terrifying. But we want to remind you that great growth and change happens in discomfort and that the time is now. You owe it to yourself to be true, authentic. You owe it to yourself to lean into whatever truth you're suppressing right now because that truth is just as valid as the one you're living. But if all else fails, just break up. <laughs>